HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Ithaca, New York boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation among 150 waterfalls. Plan your trip today with help from visitithaca.com. Hey, this is Hannah, HRN's program manager. It's HRN's 10th anniversary and now our summer fun drive. So show your support for independent, revolutionary, entertaining food radio by becoming a monthly recurring donor. HRN is powered by a passionate community of thoughtful eaters and we need each and every one of you to show your support so that we can keep bringing you your favorite food podcasts. It takes a village and every dollar donated Every listener tuning in is essential to our continued success. So set up a donation for $10 every month. You'll show us that you want to be a part of a bright future for HRN. And you'll get one of our brand new limited edition Pizza Pocket t-shirts. So snag your new favorite tea and show us some love. All for the price of about two fancy lattes each month. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate today. And thank you. to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, Wednesday, June 26, 2019, and this is the 219th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is the dynamic founder of an L.A.-based handcrafted apron company, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to celebrate successes. Big or small, expected or unexpected, it's important to take a moment to acknowledge what we have accomplished. Often we are running from one thing to the next, always trying to reach new goals and dreams, 
and not stopping to appreciate what we've already achieved. So let's remember to hit pause and reflect on where we are today, taking pride in our triumphs. And yes, we deserve it. That's my tip today. Now, I'm so excited to have my guest calling in from Los Angeles. It is Ellen Bennett. She is the founder and culinary creator of Headley & Bennett, a Los Angeles-based handcrafted apron company. While working as a line cook at Baco Mercat and two Michelin-starred Providence in LA, Ellen realized that the drab, essentially disposable aprons that served as their uniforms needed a major upgrade. While she continued working both line cook jobs, she threw herself into growing her apron business. Today, Headley and Bennett makes aprons in a ton of different styles, plus chef coats, work shirts, kitchen linens, and Miss Knife Bag, outfitting over 6,000 restaurants, operating a direct-to-consumer retail business, and selling via wholesale partners, plus numerous collaborations with events or products. Headley and Bennett products are manufactured in its 16,000-square-foot face space in Los Angeles, where Ellen has also created an immersive, playful community space that I really want to visit. So welcome to the show, Ellen. Hi. Hi. Hi from the factory. There's sewing machines and things happening in the background, so bear with us. Well, that's great. I'm at Roberta's and there's pizza and, and customers and things happening here, so we'll, we'll, we'll compete with our, our lively noise. <laughs> okay awesome awesome so um I'm I'm so I'm 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 so excited to talk to you because I don't know I really don't know how you do it and I'm such a fan of you and your company and and the the culture you've created but I always like to start with with my guests and find out about their background a little more and how they got into the industry because I know you were working in kitchens so so what drew you into into the restaurant world uh, well, I'm half Mexican, half English, and when I was younger, I had this grandioso dream of having a taco empire, and so when I turned 18, I decided to move to Mexico City. I really went for two months and stayed for four years, so the plan wasn't as crystallized as I just summed it up in 10 seconds, but <laughs> I, um, I, I, I went to Mexico. I loved it. I wanted, again, I, I loved cooking. I wanted to be a chef, but I wanted to specifically do tacos and so I thought like I'm gonna go to culinary school here and and after I you know lived in Mexico for four years hustled my heart out because my parents were like that's insane you can't live in Mexico you need to come home we're here like you need to be here and when I convinced them that I was going to stay they were like all right well you're gonna have to pay your way through all that so I really I learned a lot while living for four years in Mexico on my own and then when I came back I, um, you know, I, I feel like I sort of had found myself and I had worked so damn hard there that coming back to the United States was almost like someone rolled out the red carpet. And I, and I thought the first thing I need to do before I start my taco empire is actually, you know, get a job at some proper restaurants and learn how a restaurant works, have some hands-on, you know, experience first, and then I can go start my, my taco land. Um, so I, I went to a bunch of great restaurants in LA, took my resume from two to four, you know, when they weren't busy. And, and I walked into places like Moza and, you know, uh, at that time, Lazy Ox and Providence was one of them. And, and so I walked in there and I, and I like demanded a job basically. And then they let me come in and, and, uh, 
try out and then they told me that they weren't hiring but that they really liked my work and I was like don't worry about it let me just keep coming back for free and then a week later they hired me and so it was just one of those things where I just kind of like squeezed my way in and and when I didn't know what to do I would clean and run around fast picking herbs or doing whatever and I just you know worked my way through 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 the line and learned what I learned um, in those incredible institutions. I mean, one one being super fine dining, and then the other one being very casual. You know, Lazy Ox and Baco are incredibly casual, um, so it was like high volume. And then at Providence, I wasn't even allowed to, you know, touch more than the herbs for the first two months. So it's very different <laughs> world. Right, and he he just won James Beard Award. So um... yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, yep. and I haven't dined there, but I it's it's always been on my list. I have to go, but that's it. That's incredible experience, and I know from from the part of the bio that I shared with everyone of yours that you know you weren't you weren't so thrilled with with the the garb in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, man, like here's this unbelievable restaurant. I mean, literally the best restaurant in LA. Um, and then also at Baco too, you know, really fantastic food and everyone in the kitchen was just sort of running and gunning, um, and nobody had a proper uniform. And I think a uniform is really important. Just it's, it's a unifying piece of garment, right. For one. And it also makes you feel and look the part, but like there was something lacking there. And I thought if I could just make this better and make people feel like the athletes that they are in a kitchen, then, you know, we could kind of change the whole culinary space and, and that was that was the really simple notion at the very beginning. I had zero idea what I was about to embark on, um, but it it became a lot more than just an apron. The apron became the conduit, but really it 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 turned into so much more. Yeah. So how so how did you go about making your first apron, and then and then who was your who who was your first sale? Like, how did you how did, did you did, were you providing them at the restaurants you were working at, or was that kind of how it it started with some chefs wearing wearing um, your new yeah your new stuff? I, yeah 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 I um yeah my very first order was Baco Mercat, so it was the chef that I was you know working for half the week, and he asked me if I wanted to go in on some aprons that somebody was going to make them, and I was like, chef, I have an apron company, I'll make you those aprons, and you know I always tell this story and. And I think people think, oh, that seems so simple. Like, what a what an easy concept. Maybe I should go start an apron company. But I truly had zero <laughs> comprehension of what would what it would take to actually make a proper apron. And for the record, those first aprons sucked so bad. <laughs> when what? I look back at them, I'm like, oh, my God, that's like a disgrace. Um, but I got them out. I made them for him. And I, two weeks later, he was like, hey, by the way, these aprons suck. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to make them right for you. And any money that I made on that first order was completely wiped by me fixing the apron. But it was just one of these things. I thought, Jesus, he's my first client. I got to make sure that he's taken care of. Not to mention I work for the guy and like my word is, is all I've got. So I need to really own it. So, you know, I made those aprons better and, and I just from there hit the ground running and started talking to lots of different chefs and understanding what they wanted and what they were missing and and I just kept collaborating with people on a pretty, like, grassroots level. It was just me and the person, you know, figuring out, like, what's wrong with the aprons, what's wrong with the pockets. And and then from there, I started, um, you know, really trying to figure out how do I do this for more people because I was so excited and inspired by the interaction. Um, you know, later, later, many years later, I realized that, like, doing that level of custom where I would literally promise 
unicorns to people. If they were like, I want a purple, right. I want a purple cow on the apron, I'd be like, let's figure out how to do it. Um, now we have a much better system for how we customize stuff. But from day one, it was all about the quality of the material. It had to be pro grade and it had to look good. It had to be well designed. Like it, it couldn't just be gaudy, obnoxious um, branding. And so those were some of the pillars that to this day are still very much true to the brand. And, and, you know, we have plenty, plenty of people that have sort of followed in our footsteps and are doing their own versions of aprons and stuff like that. And we just stick to quality and making it look amazing and having great design. And it has to be pro-grade because when you use our product in the kitchen, well, it, it lasts. It stands up. Like an apron can look nice when you grab it, but the real, the real trick and test is when you use it and wash it again and again and again. Right. What year was this that you started? Back. It's been a minute. It was 2012. <laughs> it was like, July okay. 2012. I wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure. And then when did you go from, when did you leave your, your line cook jobs and, and were like full time in and hiring employees and, and getting your, 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 uh, I wouldn't call factory, your workspace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, I quit Providence, um, in the at the end of 2013, and Mercat somewhere along the line there. So it was definitely more than a year, year and a chunk in. And um, and but at that point, ironically, I had it. I had already put together an office, and I had a like one full time employee, one part time employee. So we we had people before I even quit my full time job. And I I took you know you know no salary or anything like that for quite some time just to like build it because I self-funded it. So I started it with $300 and just kind of put every penny back into the business um, to, to grow it. So it was very, it was very like just never spend more than you make basic uh, old school mentality to grow it at the very beginning. And, um, and then from there it was just sort of like, Holy smokes. Once I quit my job at Providence, I had so much time um, and so I spent a, a whole bunch of time just running around on these weekends, going to different cities and meeting with chefs and talking to other people and getting into events and figuring out what fun collaborations we could do. And, and again, it was just scaling the collaboration that I was doing with the chefs at the beginning, but now doing it with, you know, maybe Aspen Food and Wine or Feast Portland or, um, you know, Charleston Wine and Food. And, and we just kind of kept expanding our breadth and our scope and how our aprons touched people and how we got in front of people. Um, but always with that sort of lens of bringing community together, whether it was like chefs and line cooks together or, you know, aspiring foodies that wanted to learn how to cook that loved a chef, you know, they were coming together in events that we were throwing and spaces that we were throwing and the apron was sort of the glue, um, from day one. Right. What about the name? Because I know where the Bennett part came from, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> and, and also the design, because I remember, I think I'm, tr- I was trying to, I was thinking of this, um, like where I was, I think I was at untitled where I, I they, I saw the ampersand and like you started yeah. seeing aprons with an ampersand and I don't know what year you came to New York, but you came to New York and it started popping up in restaurants where you, you have a very distinct, you know, look and, and anyone with the, with the, the ampersand, you know, it's yours. It's like a subtle little, little 
thing on that on that apron that just is your signature. But did you? I miss. Did you come up with that? And and yeah. And who's who's Headley? <laughs> <laughs> What about the Ambergen? Who's Headley? I know people always ask. <laughs> yeah, I have so, in my notes. Headley. I need to ask, who's Headley? <laughs> yeah, so Headley was my English grandfather. Um, he was a rocket scientist for Boeing and Lockheed Martin, and he was literally a genius. And he was very inspiring to me. And not to mention, he's very much my English side, so I'm half Mexican, half English. So there's a good bit of Headley in it that's quite, like, timeless and elegant, proper. And then you've got this like Mexican Latino inspiration and it's colorful and zingy and poppy and like bright and colorful and just like really alive. Um, and so it's a combination of my two cultures and that's why it's called Headley and Bennett. Fabulous. Bennett representing me. Yeah. And then the ampersand was something I developed about a year into Headley and Bennett. Um, and what's really cool about it is that we actually own the, we own the placement of that ampersand on the pocket, on the top chest pocket. We actually have like a trademark on that location, the square, the shape, the ampersand, everything. It is ours. Just like Levi's has the pocket on their, you know, on the butt of a Levi's yeah. pair of pants with a little red tab. Like Levi's is the only company that can do that. Headley and Bennett is the only brand that owns the square placement of, a, you know, the ampersand and the box on the chest pocket so it very much became like the brand with the ampersand people would spot it on tv or they'd spot it in the food network or you know on their favorite chef and they would say like what is that and you could even see people looking on our seo they would say like ampersand brand red patch apron (laughs) logo like trying to find what we were um, because it was a, it was really a cult following at the beginning um, that somebody that knew somebody that knew me and oh like oh it's Ellen the Ellen the apron lady like let me let me connect you with her and it, that was very much how it began and then you know after after a few years like it evolved out of that because I was 24 when I started heavily in Bennett I'm 30 I was 25 now I'm 31 um, and so I sort of evolved out of being Ellen, the apron lady to Ellen now running a company that has employees and 401ks and healthcare and a building and a factory. And it just became very real. It was not just a cute side project hustle. It was like lives depending on me. So I sort of had to pull myself together as a person too, and just graduate to that next level and, and start share, sharing and shedding some of the responsibility to other team members to help me grow it. Yeah, no, it's a bit of, I'm smiling because you're still, you're so young. Like, it's amazing what you've, what you've accomplished already in life, oh. really. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. No. I, I, it's so funny because people say that and I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea. There's so many things I... I'm like, we should do this. Why isn't this done? God, we need to work on that. Oh, we need to work this. Oh, yeah. You, well, you, I'm never quite, I'm never, ever, ever quite, quite happy. I don't think I'll ever stop working until the day I like go somewhere else. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Well, you, you obviously have, you have chef energy. That's what it is. I think chefs have a different <laughs> amount of energy yeah. and require less sleep than other human beings. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I will say, though, I value my sleep. I'm very much like an Ariana Huffington believer. I I sleep eight hours a night, and I think it's so important because you're just a lot sharper. Yeah, true. Okay, so we're going to take a little break. Stay with us, though. We'll be right back. We'll talk more with Ellen, and this is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. 
This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Located in New York's Finger Lakes region, Ithaca boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation. As the saying goes, Ithaca is gorgeous. The city is home to 150 waterfalls and gorges sprinkled through its downtown and sloping hillsides. State parks and acres of natural lands offer outdoor recreation for every level of enthusiast. Come stroll among the cool ravines, scenic hiking trails, and natural vistas. Ithaca is home to Ivy Lee Cornell University and Ithaca College, resulting in an influx of new cultures, new tastes, and new energy every year. There's so much to explore, from art galleries and museums to unique attractions like the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Ithaca sits at the heart of a blossoming heritage and craft cider industry. Some of these delicious ciders can be bought in market, but many of the most unique varieties can only be experienced with a visit to Ithaca and this great cider region. Go to visitithaca.com to get inspired and plan your trip today. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Akiko Katayama, and I'm the host of Japan Needs here on HRN. By interviewing fascinating personalities in Japanese culinary culture, I try to demystify Japanese cuisine. My guests have included sake brewers, tea experts, Japanese whiskey experts, and sushi chefs. You can find Japan Needs whenever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Ellen Bennett. She's the founder of Headley & Bennett, which is a Los Angeles-based handcrafted apron company. So, Ellen, what's now today? I know you, you have both industry and wholesale business, and you also have retail consumer. Like, what's, like, is it is it 50-50? And, or how, I mean, how is the company divided now? Or what are you focusing mostly on? Or, or is it both? Great question. We have evolved into really a, a culinary brand. You know, we're, I would say we're not even just an apron company anymore. We're very much bridging the gap between the professional kitchen and the home kitchen and, you know, providing and making essentials that are, again, well-designed, pro-grade. They look awesome, but they also stand up to a serious beating. And, and it's 50-50 currently so we still outfit thousands of restaurants and commissaries and you know hotels and all that stuff but then we also have about 50 percent is our d2c business online and you know we're in select retailers um and we really focus on those two channels um as the brand has continued to evolve and expand and then you know we do collaborations almost yearly uh with different companies so last year we did vans and it was such a success that we did again a, a chef shoe with them this year, and um, it's really cool to be able to bring our all the insight that we gather and have from six and a half years of you know working with chefs, not to mention the time that I was in the kitchen, and now we can adapt that and plug in our own design thoughts and team up with a brand like Van to create the perfect shoe for the kitchen that's also fun and colorful on the sole, but then the the top of the shoe is still subtle and, you know, low-key. 
So it's it's really cool. It is really cool. And I will give, I will let you know that my tip today was completely pulled and inspired from your Instagram post about vans when I saw that the other day where you talked about celebrating the success because I like to you know as I'm coming up with these tips I'm always thinking of my guests and what ties in and I saw your post and I was like yes we need to celebrate moments we need to celebrate our accomplishments and because that's huge I mean to have that collaboration that's a big deal so I love that you were like stepping back and saying hey look look at this. This is, this is yeah. cool. <laughs> no, totally. And I, I, yeah, it's funny. You, you were reading it out loud and I was like, Oh, that sounds so familiar. I like that. I like that she's on the same page. Um, but but it, I think that as like crazy entrepreneurs, we do, we do sort of, it, I hate to say it, but sometimes we almost minimize the accomplishments and focus on the downfalls of stuff because they over, they overshadow or overweigh the success sometimes. And, and I really, I was, you know, going through a bunch of stuff that we were figuring out last week. And it was all great stuff, by the way. It's like writing a book, doing this, working on a show. Like everything is great. It's just you don't stop to look at it. And and I really do believe that you have to be present for those moments because the journey is the adventure. We're, you know, sometimes we think like we're trying to get somewhere, but like we're there every day. Every day that we're alive is like the day to to seize the day like what else are we waiting for um you know so i i've really tried been trying to shift my perspective to appreciate and assimilate what is happening right now versus being like well that's great but when we get this thing it'll be better that's like just obnoxious on on yeah. myself well, yeah no it's it's very true i think as especially driven people or you know people with your own business like you're always kind of thinking what's next and pushing forward but yeah i think it's important to celebrate what 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 you what we've accomplished it's really good yeah and also i totally. also i wanted to ask you about i and i really just picked it up mostly on Instagram, how um, uh, Firehouse Hotel in L.A. Uh, it's a yeah. new, what's your what's your involvement with 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 it? So the Firehouse Hotel is just down the street from Headley and Bennett, literally on the same street. And um, a friend of mine put it together and designed it and all that. And I really wanted to be a part of it when I first heard of it. And, you know, since I still have my leg in the restaurant world, I wanted to do something. I wanted to learn what that experience was like. So I, you know, dove in headfirst with them and, and have basically been a partner. And I'm, we call me the creative at large. So I, you know, I bring people together there. We're starting to organize different series of events. And it's just an extension of the Ellen world um, in a different format. And, you know, we created these beautiful jackets uh, that are like work coats inspired by French workwear for them instead of making aprons. So it's just, you know, sometimes people think, oh, you're just an apron, you're just an apron. It's like, no, there's so much more nuance to what we're doing. And that was just a, and a way to, to show that. Um, and it's been really fun not being the boss, ironically. <laughs> I, it's been really cool going in there and being like, that doesn't work. I'm not responsible for that piece. So I'm going to stay out of that. But here I can contribute over here. And listening to feedback and working with different teams. I, I've been, you know, running the show and managing Headley and Bennett for almost seven years now. So I've really enjoyed 
um, being on the other side of the table. And I'm learning a ton, which I think you can never stop learning. So I'm, I'm learning from that team and adopting it and bringing it over to Headley and Bennett. So I think everybody is winning. <laughs> yeah, well, sounds awesome. What, um, how do you manage your time? I mean, is, I, I'm assuming probably every day is a bit different. I know you travel a yeah. lot, you have events, you have, but yeah, I, I don't, how, how are you handling all of this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, some days better than others. Other days, I'm like, holy crap, how am I going to get through all of this? Um, but no, I think what, what I do do pretty, I'm pretty committed to the cause is I work out and it's on my calendar and that just gives me zen and peace of mind. Um, and I do that almost every day, if not every other day. Um, I use my Google calendar religiously. I use Boomerang, which is an app that plugs into Gmail that like bounces emails back when you haven't gotten a response. I use that like no other. I could be a spokesperson for them. Um, I, every single thing that I do is on my calendar and I reference it at night and I reference it at the end of the week. Um, I also have a sort of uh, tracker that tracks all the different projects and activities that I'm involved in and, you know, whether it's like, okay, I have to, I have to literally track, okay, I attended this many events, I was on this many panels, I did this many podcasts, I went over here, I, I, you know, and then I can see where I'm putting my time and my effort and sometimes it gets a little discombobulated so then I can look back and, and look at my week and say, you know what, I actually spent too much time in this area, I need to focus more on on this over here. And it's, it's taking that time to look back and actually assimilate what you did. That is very helpful. So typically my Sundays end up being a day where I'll, I'll sit down with my assistant. Um, I have an interesting uh, setup where I, I had assistance during the day and it just wasn't working schedule wise for me. Cause I'm always running around doing other stuff. So I actually found the greatest assistant of all time. And she works with me nights and weekends. And that's the time where I can work on emails, catch up, work on projects. And it's just the, the craze of the office is die, you know, dies off around six and then I can just hunker down. So Sundays her and I will just, plow out the week and where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. And it lives on my calendar and I have buckets in my email and I just, you find a way you just have to like, when there's chaos, you have to grab one thing and deal with it. And then you grab the next thing and you put it away and eventually the whole room gets clean. That's just kind of how you deal with chaos. Yeah. I mean, lots of great tips in there and, and I have to check out boomerang. <laughs> oh, it's, it's fantastic. I really, really love it. Uh, and if you have Gmail, you use the G drive, the whole suite, it plugs into all of it. So it's, it's really quite helpful. And my whole company operates off of, uh, you know, Google suite. So everything is pretty well integrated and everybody's calendar reminders are integrated. And I would say I put a lot of things on there that are um, weekly or monthly or every other day you can schedule it so that your whole life is just living on your calendar. It's great. <laughs> Very organized. And I know you have to be. Okay, so before we yeah. take another break, I have a question from my, my last guest on episode 217. I had on Tanya Steele. She's the mm-hmm. executive director of IACP, International Association of Culinary Professionals. And I asked her to ask you a question. I think we have it on playback. Um, let's see, Amanda, can you play it back? Nope. 
Okay, we don't have it on playback this week. However, <laughs> I have the question because I was at the episode. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Amazing how that works. Okay, so here's the question. Are your aprons going to be air conditioned or heated in the future? Thinking like 10 years from now. <laughs> because she noted how scientists are now working on clothes of the future with heating and cooling elements. So, um, wow. That is how about that? And what an, what a freaking idea. I'm going to make sure that I, uh, get that to product development immediately. Um, as it stands right now, we don't have plans for an air conditioned apron, <laughs> but I will say our aprons are super, super, super like lightweight, but durable and comfortable. So the denim is never very heavy, like a pair of jeans, call it that 12 ounce denim. Our aprons are in more the eight ounce eight ounce range so it's really like easy to wear you you shouldn't have any trouble with our with our goods that's good to know i mean for for me someone who's who's fingers are always cold. I'm, I would like the little pockets or something that are warm inside, something like that. Oh, yeah. I would, I would go for the heat more little, than the air conditioning. Yeah, little hand oven. Yeah. I yeah. It. yeah so I don't cute. know, but apparently, apparently this, 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 um, I don't know, this sort of, uh, heated air conditioned clothing is, is the future. So we'll That's see. Unbelievable. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, we're wow. gonna we're gonna take another break here. We're gonna come back, real short break, and we'll come back and we'll do my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Ellen Bennett, and it is time for my speed round game, and I just have a feeling you're going to be great at this. So what this <laughs> is, is I name two or more things, and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I am so ready. Let's do this. All right. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat in. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Cocktail. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Large plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Communal table. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? All-inclusive charge. All right. A few more. You're fast. Zip lining from a treehouse or playing with your pet pig, Oliver. I think that's his name. Oh, my God. Can I choose both? Yes, you can because that's not a fair one. But you're like, you're so fun. I want to zip line and play with Oliver. I want both. Yeah, the 200-pound pig. He's a doozy. I have I, – I don't know if I've said this in the air. I have a pet rabbit. So um, – that's like people. We should, get, we should get together and we can have a mini petting zoo. We really, we really could because the people. I mean, between the two of us, it's yeah. We we could get a few more people. <laughs> we could have her. We'll have to work on that. <laughs> okay, a few more. Planning your own wedding or possibly planning someone else's. 
planning. I actually like both. I really loved planning my wedding, but I love planning other people's weddings too. So both. Well, from what I saw online, it looked absolutely like the most fun, bestest wedding ever. So congratulations to you. This issue of uh, Cherry Bomb this month. Ah, good for you. I have have to to get it. it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay. Two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Manhattan, Brooklyn, Los Angeles, or Mexico City? Oh, my God. Mexico City, 1,000%. Oh, wow. I finally, I finally visited Mexico City uh, a year ago or two years. Oh, yeah. the best. It's it was literally the best. It was, it was, I was so due, and it was wonderful. I loved to return. Really, Yay. really strong dining scene there, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God, totally. Okay, speaking of strong dining scene, so um, industry news. Yesterday, the the world's 50 best restaurants list came out, and it was held, their um, award ceremony was in Singapore. And this is, this is, you know, a list that everyone looks out every year. The top chefs around the world are all there. Um, It's a big deal. And they gave the number one spot to... Mirazur, which is a restaurant on the French Riviera in Menton. I have not mm-hmm. been there, but miss, I feel like it's it's been on the list many times, but it's never been number yeah. one. I know. Um, they changed. It's kind of amazing. It is amazing. They changed the rules a little this year where they, they, they made it so if you were number one in the past that you, you weren't eligible to be number one, but they took all the number ones and they're giving them like – their own list of like the best of the best. And that's 11 Madison yeah. Park and Osteria Francescana and all these amazing restaurants. So I guess they're, they're doing it so other people can be number one. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I, yeah. I think that's play, playing fair. I, I agree. Um, I mean, Dan, any, any thoughts on this? I mean, the list, you know, it's always an impressive group of restaurants. I'm always so happy for everyone um, that just that they get acknowledged. You know, there's always a little controversy with how these lists come about, but I just like celebrating the industry and I think it's, it's nice. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think for better or for worse. And yes, there's always going to be lots of different opinions about everything, but it's, it's great that it helps the restaurants bring, bring attention to them so that they can have even more business. And at the end of the day, business is business and that's fantastic for everybody. So I think that's really special. I, you know, Daniela was a dear friend of mine. She was in my wedding, um, who is the chef at Cosme and Atla in New York. She was on the list. So that was really exciting. Pujol was on the list there. We outfit both restaurants and the both dear friends of mine. So I was very excited to see them on there. And it, it also, what I really appreciated about that list is that, it's very international. It's not just the United States or Latin America. It's, it's everywhere. And you get to see these different places. Like I was in Bangkok for, for my honeymoon and, you know, we got to go and visit Gagan that made it on the list. So when you're in other places and you get to be exposed to other cultures and it's slightly because of this list, because I heard of them through that list, you know, I went to Gagan because of them, then I appreciate that. So, so I, I, I don't have anything against it. Oh, I agree. I agree completely. And yeah, Cosme was was ranked number twenty three, and Daniela also got the female chef of the year, which they have. They and no, it's I'm 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 pro all this acknowledgement, and and I have to say I don't look at these lists as my 
I'm not one of those people that like runs through it and go, I have to visit every restaurant. But I, I've been to a, a very good percentage of restaurants in this list and most of the ones actually in the top 10. And it's because, because yeah, I, I when I am traveling, these are on my radar and like, like Mido in Peru and Central, like I've been there and, and I was blown away by both of them. Um, they're, they're, they're really special restaurants. And so it's, and I'm, I don't know. I get I get excited that I've 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 visited these places or I dined there. I've met the chefs and that I'm then I feel more a part of, you know, their experience and I'm just happy for their accomplishments and that, you know, it's it's good for the industry. 100%. It definitely moves the needle. It's great. Yeah. So, congratulations to everyone. People if you want to check out check out the list, it's um you can go to the worlds50best.com and um and check it out actually this year they expanded it was that it was you know it's the 50 best but they also had 51 to 100 but they added to 120 this year so they 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 gave more oh wow yeah and i um what was it uh um automix which is a fantastic new restaurant in new york they they were 119 so <laughs> it's good they added up oh to 120 because they they got on the list <laughs> oh that's awesome so um okay great uh we're i usually take a break now i do my solo dining experience and have the final question but since you're on the phone i think maybe before i do the final question i could just have you i could do the before I do my solo dining, I could have you do the final question and then I could, I could send you on your way. So, so you can get back to making fabulous things. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. so, so my next guest is Evelyn Kim. She is the co-founder and chief strategic officer and policy director of Rethink Food NYC, and this is a nonprofit organization upcycling excess food to distribute meals to under, underserved communities in New York City. Um, I met Evelyn at the MAD conference in Copenhagen this year, and she's going to be in New York next week. So um, I'm really excited to talk to her. But Ellen, what would you like to ask Evelyn? Wow, that is a that's a doozy of a question. I feel like I want to ask her so many things. I would say, you know, as a as a business owner that, you know, we have almost close to 50 employees, what I would want to know, like, what does she suggest businesses to do to help contribute in some way, whether it's, you know, when we throw events and we have extra food, like, what should people do as business owners to connect to a local food drive, et cetera, to not waste food when they have any sort of activity happening there? Because I, any time I see food go to waste, it's just like, oh, it kills me. And I, I want to know what her thoughts would be on. Just give us some tips on what we should do. Awesome. I will ask her. It's a great question. So um, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I'm, I'm in awe of everything you do. And I just wish you continued success. And, um, I love, I just love seeing your work and it's, and it's actually, I, I forgot to mention, like I painted my nails like a bright orange color this week as inspiration from you. I'm like, you are a colorful lady. Oh, that, that makes me so happy. That's fantastic. Yes. Everybody should use more color in their life. We should all dream big. The hustle is very real to get to the dreams, but that's half the adventure. So 
if you have a dream, for God's sake, go out and get it. It's it's worth it's worth the journey. Yeah, well, that's a great great <laughs> oh, message. Oh, and also, of course, if people want to follow us on Instagram at at Ellen Marie Bennett and Headley and Bennett, so you can see all the real time and crazy adventures that, and the zip line and the pig and the slides and all of that and and. Shari, next time you come to LA, like you have to come to the factory. You got to get a tour and got to go down our slide and we'll go on our swing and visit our Lockalum coffee bar in the factory. And yeah, it's, it's a fun playground. It's like a Disneyland for chef. I'm in. I'm hoping to get out to LA later this year. So I will keep you posted. Done, done and done. Um, Thank you so much for having me. You're amazing for bringing people together and uh, celebrating the industry. So thank you as well. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Talk to you soon. We're going to take okay. another. Yeah. Thank you. You're amazing. We're going to take one more break. We'll come back. We'll do my solo dining experience and that will be the show. So stay with us. This is all in the industry and heritage radio network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. This week, it's at Buna Cafe. Here's the rundown. The location, 1084 Flushing Avenue, Bushwick, Brooklyn, New York City. The concept, it's an Ethiopian plant-based cafe, bar, and venue. The Buna crew, Sam Severance, Lua Ayulu, and Chef Kadeja Siraj. So why did I go? Well, I've been meaning to go for a while because this restaurant is located out in Bushwick, where I am right now at Roberta's in Bushwick. It's our neighbor, and I've always heard great things about it. So I finally I finally went. So my experience. Um, it was a couple weeks ago that I made my way there for an early dinner after my show. And uh, I sat down. I looked over the menu. My server guided me through it. And he told me there was this coffee ceremony that was about to take place. And I was excited because I, I like coffee. So um, that's a part of there. It's an integral part of the social and cultural life in Ethiopia. And so I got to experience it. They had this woman making coffee and, and it was served um, with good timing. I, it was a very good timing meal for me. Um, so uh, I ate. I enjoyed. I had a nice quiet dinner. Quiet dinner. What did I get? So I went with the meal plate, which had five different warm or cold dishes. There were different, you could choose from about 10 different options. I, I had beets. I had whole yellow split, split peas. I had kombucha, squash, and red lentils served on injera, which is their sourdough flatbread made of teff and barley flour. Um, I also had my Buna coffee. Uh, which came later, as I said. So my take, it was really delicious, very colorful plate. Uh, my favorites were the beets and the squash. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun. You get to eat with your hands. It's a, it's a bit messy, uh, but it's uh, eating with your hands somehow. I don't know. The food, I think, always tastes better for whatever reason. 
Okay, so the ambiance is a low-key cafe space. It's a bit darkish. Uh, it's uh, got windows in the front, but it kind of sprawls into the back. And then they had this coffee ceremony going on in the middle of the room. I'd say it's perfect for flavorful vegan and veggie eats. Interesting tidbit, they do these coffee ceremonies on Wednesdays and Fridays at 6 and on weekends too, and you can find out more on their website, which I will tell you in a minute. Personal fun fact, I'm one of those people who can drink strong coffee late in the day. It doesn't affect me yet with my sleep. I keep waiting to see when it will, but yeah, like 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I can still have a strong coffee. Okay, the cost was $13, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes, I would. I feel I should eat more Ethiopian food. I don't I don't have it enough. So their website is bunaethiopia.net. Okay, so we did the final question. So that's the show. Thank you all for listening, and many thanks to Ellen Bennett, the founder of Headley & Bennett, a Los Angeles-based handcrafted apron company. Their website is headleyandbennett.com, and as Ellen had said, you can follow them on social media at Headley and & Bennett and at Ellen Marie Bennett. And you should follow her because she has a great account. They Both the accounts are really, really fabulous. And you can follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, and at All Industry. You can find out all about what I'm doing and about my my PR business and about the show on all of those accounts. And also you can find out more about the show on Facebook at All in the Industry. And then my business website is BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And you can subscribe to our show, and you can leave reviews, and I'd love to get your feedback. Many thanks to my engineer today, Amanda, and thanks again to Ellen. I'm Sherry Bayer. I will be back next week with another live show. I hope you'll tune in then, and thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. listening to Heritage Radio Network, good radio supported by you. For freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.